probably makes me a bad podcaster, but I've never listened to one of their episodes. I've never listened to one front to back either. Gretzky had it, lost it. Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving. Blue line chance. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Puck Puck Pass, and these are your hosts, the hockey know-it-alls, KJ and Zach Mack. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Puck Puck Pass. As always, I'm your host, KJ, joined by the forever wonderful Zach Mack. Zach, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I was just reading about Ovechkin. I was trying to say something clever about Ovi, but... I just love Alex Ovechkin, don't you? Yeah, I. It's probably been said actually. I, how old is he these days? Do you know? I I don't know even. Ooh, what I is age? Off the top of my head. I, and you said it was like three some years ago. He scored his five hundredth goal. That he's boy. thirty. Yeah, he's thirty four. Yeah, he scored his his five hundredth goal in two thousand sixteen. That's just he's thirty four. So that means Aaron Rodgers is the only quarterback left in the NFL playoffs older than o, Alex Ovechkin. And why is that? Because Kyle was right about the Titans? Yes. Ah. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. To Dave, not to go too far off on a tangent. We were we were literally <laughs> just talking about tangents. But I don't see anybody clamoring for Jadavian Clowney to be on their team. Guy makes a dirty hit. Some people call him a dirty player. And no one wants him on their team. But apparently everyone wants Tom Wilson. I call bullshit. Mm, interesting. I, Call call absolute bullshit on that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we're hockey guys, but the, the playoffs for the NFL have been fun so far. Uh, it gets me excited because, like, playoffs, no matter what, like, I'll turn on baseball playoffs be- just because they're the playoffs. Yeah. But the more and more, like, through the NFL playoffs, it just reminds me, all right, a few months until the only playoffs that matter. Yeah. the NHL playoffs, like, non-hockey fans like the NHL playoffs. Ah man, it's just it's I just can feel it. It's you know Doc Emmerich. You got it's spring. It's warm out. I just I can't wait. Yeah, well, get ready to watch the Tampa Bay Lightning in the playoffs because wow. I mean, we knew they were good, but they've been able to rattle off eight straight victories when we didn't bury them, but it was looking like we might have to. Things just weren't clicking. They've won eight in a row, eight one and one in the last ten a point up on Toronto and only seven points back of Boston with two games in hand. Here we go. Yeah. I, and the eighth, like they just beat the Canucks nine to two. Like the Canucks aren't the senators or the Red Wings. Like we've talked about, we've given the Canucks enough clout and uh, we saw this. The Canucks are tied for a playoff spot. Yeah. Like this is, we talked about Toronto and Tampa stepping it up in the East. We figured it was coming. I, I think it's here. I think it's safe to say it's here. Tampa's turning it on. I don't know what the deal was at the beginning of the season. I don't know if they fixed it or they just figured it out. But I, I'm, I'm gonna say it. I'm scared. I'm scared of Tampa. See, I'm scared of what they'll do to positioning or playoff positioning because this is obviously a team that's going to make the playoffs. But and I won't dig my heels in on this topic, but we know why I'm not scared of them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. John Cooper is still the head coach of that team. Yep. It doesn't scare me. 
Did this this I mean honestly this eight game win streak might have saved John Cooper's job. I think abs- yeah, I think absolutely. Maybe not in the sense that I don't think he was going to get fired midseason, but if they missed the playoffs oh, yeah. somehow, he was definitely gone that next day. Uh but if they kind of limped into the playoffs after struggling kind of struggling all season and then you know undoubtedly get bounced by Boston or Washington based on how they were playing back then, I don't think Boston and Washington would undoubtedly bounce them right now, but I, I think Cooper still gets fired even if they limp in. But this eight-game win streak and the probability of them making the playoffs going way up. I, unfortunately, for the Tampa Bay Lightning and their fans, I think you're stuck with John Cooper for a while longer. Yeah, uh, and speaking of coaches, we get Laviolette gets fired from the Preds, and they almost immediately sign John Hines. Er- and I'm starting to wonder, and this 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 thought literally just popped in my head. Was was Hines talking to the Preds before Laviolette was even gone? I don't. Or 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 was it just they talked to Hines as soon as they let him go, and they're like, "Yeah, this is a man for the job." Well, let me let me bring up the tweet that I sent to you uh, from Wyshynski at Wyshynski on Twitter. He's an ESPN uh, writer. John Hines he played with the Nashville Predators assistant GM Jeff Keelty at Boston University, but he was also his roommate. Oh, yeah, yeah, you sent me this. <laughs> this. And so I don't – I mean, that's just the most NHL thing there's ever been. But I'm not sold that he was talking to them before Laviolette was gone because David Poyle, David Poyle has been so steadfast in saying that he's never going to fire a coach during the year, even though he has evidence in his division – that that can work, whether it's turning a team around or winning the Stanley Cup like the Blues did last year. So I think David Poyle finally gave in, and I think he, you know, asked the staff, his AGM, who's out there, and <laughs> Kielty has his buddy who just lost his job uh, because, mind you, of bad goaltending and bad defense, which the Predators also have right now. So. <laughs> I don't know how the John Hines thing happened so fast outside of frat brothers getting back together, but it's going to be, it's, this is, might be worse than Hines at the devils because the <laughs> predators are supposed to be good, but they, they're not going to get any better with the guy like John Hines, who I, who I do like, but I don't think he's worth it. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I thought, uh, well, with Hines, I tweeted out from the Puck Puck Pass Twitter. I said, I made a joke because I've always dubbed the Predators pretenders rather than contenders, even though they've been at the top of their division. And I said, you know, now that they've fired LaViolette, maybe they can get around to being a contender. Immediately took it back after they immediately hired John Hines because I was like, oh, yeah, okay, well, no, they're not. <laughs> they just ruined everything. And then you send me this tweet about him being roommates. And I was just like, yeah, okay. So I absolutely. Like I'm glad I took it back because now this is like this is not a strategy move in my mind. This is these guys just want to hang out some more. Like they probably enjoyed their time as roommates, and they want to rekindle that college feel. So, and, how do you feel as a player when you hear that? That you're you know basically the the front office doesn't have to say it. Obviously, right. and they never would. But you're a player on that team who, you know, has talent. Should probably be a playoff team. And you hear that your AGM threw out a name that he knew from college because they were buddies. 
and that's who your team put at the helm. You know, like, do you immediately think that they don't have your best interest in mind? That's a really good question because, yes, I I would initially. Uh, it depends, I guess, on the relationship between the AGM and the players, and I don't I don't know within an organization how much um, interaction there is between an assistant GM and and a and a player. But I, if you trust his intuition, maybe yeah, maybe you're like, okay, let's just hear this guy out, see what he's got, we'll see what he can bring to the team, but. If you're right, if there's any doubt whatsoever with the AGM, then you're like, yeah, what the? They don't have our best interests in mind at all. Like this is, and and I like what you said about the Predators, like more or less being a expected to be a better team than the the Devils at this point. Maybe not before the season, but at this point. And yeah, this could just be like, especially with somebody like Matt Duchesne on your team. Yeah, and Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis when he comes back. It, we've, I mean, like we've already seen Duchesne just be this guy who just writes off authority <laughs> if they're not, you know. Yeah, it could be a match. Yeah, you're, you're right. right. That's a, I didn't think about that. He, it's almost like he has trust issues, and you know whether or not Laviolette punched someone in the back of the head on the bench is kind of <laughs> irrelevant. You've got to protect the product on the ice, and if you if that's going to get worse before it gets better because of a decision you made out of loyalty, you're no better than Ken Holland. Actually, now that I think about it, like that's such a Ken Holland loyalty type move. Yeah, I think we're onto something. I think this could be a big mess brewing in Nashville. A big mess brewing in Nashville. Like most bachelorette parties that happen on there. <laughs> uh, our boy Justin Williams is back. Mr. Game 7. He signed for a one-year deal, league minimum, I believe. Yes. Yeah, it's like a but, it's like a Mike Fisher deal type thing. Yeah, yeah, he's got the league minimum, and that can bump up to two million based on potential bonuses. Uh, Carolina already a playoff team as it stands. They have the number one wild card spot. Is this just a move that they know he can't hurt them on the ice and will benefit them in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, let's let's be honest with ourselves. This, he doesn't come back if they're not in a playoff spot, I don't think. And Ooh, spicy. I Carolina's probably, yeah, maybe looking for uh, an off ice leadership role. To like you said, they're 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 in a, the number one wildcard spot, so they're not in a division spot right now. Maybe they're trying to make that jump. Maybe this is what they see as the most lucrative. Pay all because, like you said, it's a league minimum. You just pay this guy a league minimum. He's off ice leadership in your locker room, and maybe that boosts you into division spot. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that he's going to light it up on the ice. But I also, he's. I mean, he's Mister Game Seven. You never know. So, and I, I saw some really weird reactions on Twitter, which you see about everything. But there were, I want to say they were a few Carolina fans and a couple just hockey fans who you know base said something along the lines of if you're excited for justin williams to come back only because of storm surges like you're not a real canes fan and yeah and that was just such a weird stance to take for me like i don't and for carolina fans you'd be excited for justin williams to come back because of what he meant to this team last year and the amount of leadership yeah. that he showed Anything beyond that is just icing on the cake to me. And yeah, was he 
prominent in the storm surges and making them as popular as they were. Yeah. But I think you're kidding yourself and you're just looking for a reason to be mad. If you think that's the, the reason Carolina fans are excited for him to be back. Yeah. And I don't know what his options were. Like, I don't know if he declared that he was coming back and could only sign with the, uh, the hurricanes. I forget how that all happened going into the, the off season. And I don't think but, we've heard his statement on it yet. No, I mean, I mean I'm sure he's going to come out with something like, you know, I, I, could, I love the game. Could, yeah. Yeah. I love this. I love this uh, culture. I love this team. We just got to get pucks deep. You know, <laughs> all the same things they say. Yeah. But I, I think it's good for the, the hurricanes for all the reasons we already, we already said most importantly, the playoffs, not just game seven, even though, you know, the nickname speaks for itself, Mr. Game 7. I mean, this was – they were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. I think we often forget because it wasn't as competitive as we probably would have hoped. But it wasn't Washington. It wasn't Pittsburgh. It wasn't, you know, Toronto. It was Boston and Carolina in the Eastern Conference Finals. And there was obviously no stopping Boston in that series. But – this is still a really good team. And, you know, they got a couple freight trains ahead of them. But all they have to do is hang out in the wild card spot, and then we'll see what Rob Brindamore can can pull out and and do for this team. But Justin Williams will be hopefully a key piece to another playoff run. I'm starting to like Carolina. Yeah, well. So I thought of this when I was driving home because we were talking about Justin Williams before the show or adding that part to the show. So he's, you know, we talked about Mr. Game 7. In a Game 7, knowing what you know about past playoff performances, and you know, how, how can I word this? You know that a, a good Game 7, a good performance in a Game 7 will win you the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. What player are you taking? Knowing everything you know. In the NHL? In the NHL. Currently. Pooh. I'm not taking Cody Eakin. Uh, I will take uh, probably if you're the Sharks, you are maybe. But... <laughs> uh, I'd probably Nathan McKinnon if I had to pick somebody. Really? Because so I'm going to go with Patrick Kane. That's obvious, but I'm also uh-huh. using past game sevens. Okay. Like I just think of him. Yeah, have they. I mean, Chicago has obviously lost game sevens. They've lost games one, two, threes, and fours in a row as well. Thanks, Predators. But he just seems to, like, if you go on Twitter and uh, go to put a GIF in a tweet and you search Patrick Kane, it seems like he is, oh, like, the first 20 are him celebrating, like, a Game 6 or Game 7 goal. Yeah, that hurts. I try not to look at those. Yeah. Oh, luckily, I don't think any of them were against Detroit. Not true, actually. 2013. <laughs> but, so, so, keeping that in mind... Are you still taking Nathan McKinnon? You think he could clutch up in a position he's never really been in? I think if if McK- the reason I take McKinnon is because I think if if he internally uh, internalized the fact that you know this game is is the game, then I think he would just go ball so well, and, and we could see something amazing. But also, and this is probably the only time I ever say this, Crosby would probably be my second. Yes, he would also be my second, and Ovechkin a very close third. I know question. he struggled and yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I love Justin Williams and what he's done in game sevens. I mean, he earned the nickname for a reason, but 
I don't think he'd be my number one choice. And not even because of his age. I think he'd still, I mean, you don't have to be too mobile to score an overtime game winning goal. Right. Uh, we'll keep an eye on like on the Hurricanes. They'll probably fall off a ledge and lose ten in a row. Now that we talk so highly of them, yeah. And they're well, they're. I mean, Pittsburgh's kind of sp- creating space. Crosby. Yeah, creating space between them and Carolina. And I saw you tweeted out the video of Crosby. It looks like he's full speed practicing. So, but we just keep he talking was- about how he's going to come back, and he hasn't come back yet. Is there a time to uh, I'm assuming since he traveled on this road trip that it's very soon. Okay. You mentioned that video. Man, I mean, we're amazed by what these guys can do on in games, like what Connor McDavid did the other day. In you know, that those types of things on the ice. Man, what these guys can do in practice when no one's around. I know it's less impressive, but they're incredible on skates. Yeah, that was that was I well, I saw that video and I th- I, th- I had the exa- same exact thought. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, you got to take this for a grain of salt because there's nobody else on the ice. But wow, it's it is amazing. Like we see like uh, warm up catches in NFL pregames and uh, guys in soccer doing incredible things as far as dribbling and juggling the ball. But sometimes in NHL practice, you're like, oh my god. And then they can almost do this on, you know, in a game scenario, which is even more crazy. But uh, anyway, the Penguins, uh, Friday at Colorado, Sunday at Arizona. Mm. I'm willing to bet he's back by the Arizona game at the latest. Yeah, those are two. Could, those are two. Those are two playoff teams. So, yeah. And yeah, not just playoff teams. Pretty, pretty good teams right now. Uh, I the Colorado game actually seems more likely just because we talked about how he probably secretly hates Nathan McKinnon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I mean, then they're, you know, they're at Boston home to Boston schedule gets tough. So I'm assuming Sid is going to be back fairly soon. And then they go into the all-star break. So let's talk about these jerseys. Yeah, I saw, I saw, and I want to bring this up before we get like into the jerseys themselves, which they just recently released. But I saw a take that was just like, why don't we just let them wear their own jerseys? Like it, it like might the, the home and away. Yeah, like it might look a little colorful out there, but it's already what it's. I can't even. Keep, I I don't watch it if I'm being. I don't watch any All Star game of any sport because it's it's a waste. I think of time. he said this last year around this time. Too. Yeah, so I, it's three on three, right? The game, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's already just. A, I, I would like them to wear their own jerseys, but. Where do you stand on that? I mean, do you like the different all-star jerseys that we get from year to year? I mean, I like the idea of a different, like a universal all-star jersey. But I'm starting to think I maybe just feel the way you do because I I always hate the all-star jersey. <laughs> like, I just don't think from the from the vibrant neon colors a few oh, years ago. Awful. Those were awful. These They're supposed to be like a sheet of music this year because it's in St. Louis and they're the blues. Which it's just it's just lazy. I think it's just Adidas being lazy. That's that's I, I that's just, a hot take, and I like it. I've because I've been an Adidas fan, so when you uh, immediately when you said that, it struck a chord. But I don't think you're lying. 
I mean, I think Adidas does their best work when they care the most about something. And hold on to your boots because this might be shocking. The NHL probably doesn't make Adidas very much. Yeah. And, and you're right. Like, I'm looking at these like they could say it's a music bar all they want, but you just put five lines. No, one, two, three, four, five lines behind the logo. Like, that's all you did. They were just printing out all white jerseys for everyone, and the ink got stuck. So it was actually <laughs> just accidental five lines on each. Yeah, like, and, yeah. you know, it's a way for the NHL to make money. You know, people will go out and buy. I've actually, I've never bought an all-star jersey. Um, Stephanie has an all-star hoodie from the San Jose game. And I used to have some all-star hats. And, like, I have winter classic jerseys, but I think those are cool. Yeah. Like, and they're more representative of the team. That's a good point. The, just, the winter classic ones are cooler than the all-star jerseys. Oh, absolutely. And I don't think, like, I, a buddy of mine has, or he has it or he bought his wife a, a Dylan Larkin, uh, the neon all-star Jersey from a few years or no, it was team North America, which was just like the all-star jerseys. That's the other thing that bothered me. Like there, there's nothing. They just drag inspiration from a previous Jersey, whether it be the all-star or whether it be, you know, the, uh, the world cup or, or anything like yeah. that. Like, I just don't think we're seeing, original original jersey i don't know so safe to say you're not getting one of these i mean i'm not blackhawks one probably does look the best but (laughs) no i'm not i'm not gonna get an all-star it would have to when i can i won't even have to love the first all-star jersey i'll buy but if if there's an all-star jersey in the next few years that just looks better then i'll probably buy it because i mean i'd have to give them the credit they deserve but these, these definitely aren't it. Yeah, and if you have, a, if I mean honestly, if you have a jersey collection, I feel like you gotta have at least one. But you're right, you gotta wait till it's a good one. Yeah, I just don't. Plus, I don't know. I just, I, I'm not, I'm not an Adidas hater. I'm not trying to make it out that I am one because even before they were bad, uh, even before Adidas, I just totally. Reebok, right? Or was it? Yeah. Yeah. The Reebok jersey. I mean, my buddy's got an old Nike Chris Oscar jersey. That's not even an all-star jersey. It's just ugly. Like, no. I don't think he was ever But I think it's also. (laughs) I think it is uh, just a team-by-team basis. I mean, if you, like, for these, if you have a black, like, the Islanders had that black jersey. Yeah. You might be able to pull this off a little bit because you have. A base like the uh, the Blackhawks Stadium Series jersey. No, their Winter Classic one from last year at Notre Dame. That was mostly white with black accent. That's why like the the St. Louis All Star Game one fits a little bit better. But I mean the Red Wings jersey with the mostly white winged wheel on a music note. It just seems stupid to me. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It does. Even like the I'm looking at the Senators one looks so bad, but I don't know. I mean, we don't know anything. I won't watch it anyway, so I don't know what I'm bitching about. You won't? Will you watch the skills competition? Maybe. I mean, I I I, I will be honest. I do turn that on every now and then, but I, it's still not like I don't sit down to watch it. See, that's the 
I like watching the game, but I will I will record the skills competition if I if I have to. I, I did when I was a kid. I watched it religiously. I think it's cool to see. I mean, fastest skater has kind of lost a little bit of hype for me because the answer is obvious every year. Yeah, the last few years he's so fast. Speaking of which, I know you brought the uh, the goal up earlier, and I don't want to like. Oh, actually, I, I do want you to talk about your take too, but I wanted to talk about it a little bit and not to boost Connor McDavid up anymore because obviously this goal's gone viral and everyone's talking about it and the NHL is even trying to like dumb it down by bringing out this Dude, other shitty That goals. was a brilliant tweet by you. <laughs> but uh, honestly, for the for the casual fan, it's cool. It's cool to see Connor McDavid, you know, turn on the Jets like that in a, in a moment's notice. But I, I want to break it down for, for more the more advanced fans. All Literally all he does is – Connor McDavid is the fastest player in the NHL with the puck on a stick. So he's already winning that matchup seven out of 10 times. But I I fault Morgan Riley for this more than I give credit to Connor McDavid because he's acting like he's waiting for people to, or his teammates to come into the zone with him. We're like, the one that's not there. Yeah. like And he's Connor McDavid. He's going to take you on one on one. Like, that's, you should know that that's what he's going to do. So, anyways, he floats towards the middle and all he does is get Morgan Riley to cross over one time to his left and then he's toast. Because all Connor McDavid has to do is turn on the Jets to the other way, and he's around him. So I just think it was poorly played by Morgan Riley. And well, I appreciate you you trying to make me feel better. I it it does look, and you said for the for the casual fan, it looks incredible, and it was a great goal. It, I mean, I will say it's probably not even Connor's best goal, but I don't like. And I know I'm biased, but to me. Morgan Riley, you know, played it poorly. And also, like, he gets buried by Leafs and anti-Leafs Twitter pretty regularly <laughs> for his defensive efforts. But, and Connor, you said it best on Puff Puff Pass Twitter. He's going, he's in first gear, and then he digs in one time with his right foot. And he's in fifth gear, going around him. And, I mean, a lot of goalies, a few goalies probably make that save. Frederick Anderson not being one of them, obviously, as we see. But I don't I think just the speed is what makes the goal so great. Like I don't think he did anything spectacular. And I don't know if I'm wrong right. for that. If I if I'm I mean, you know, just hating on Connor, but Yeah. I think you're right. I mean the only thing that he does is is he the the only thing he does, quote unquote, spectacular, is he gets Morgan Riley to commit with that crossover to the left. Which, if anyone doubts me, just go watch it in slow motion. He literally, the moment Morgan Riley shifts his weight and crosses over, McDavid goes the other way, which a good player is going to do. But I don't think only Connor McDavid could pull that off. I think there's fifteen to twenty percent of the players in the league could pull that off. I just don't understand. I didn't play defense when I played. Like I was, I was a forward and I did everything, even in lacrosse. I played attack because I just didn't want to have to go up and down that much. <laughs> but I, I, there's something about it's just back skating backwards like that. Like I know we're not just going to reward Morgan Riley for trying. Like he he got burned, but the distraction. I don't know. Like I keep relating it to the NBA. Like if you see a guy looking away trying to, like, move your eyes, you know he's going to blow by you. Yeah. I just don't know. And Connor McDavid's left-handed. So I don't know why Morgan Riley would think Connor would try to force it to his backhand <laughs> yeah. for a, a lesser angle. Oh. It was just... 
I love it. We're, not, we're to, not to do this right. Not to do this right now. I'm not going to do what I normally do. But the only person who you'd have to worry about backhand from that range is Sid. And Morgan Riley's got to know that Connor McDavid's not going to backhand it from 15 feet out. Yeah, yeah. It's just. Uh, I just wanted to. I. I wanted to bury Morgan, like you said, but Leafs Twitter, not Leafs Twitter. Everyone likes to bury Morgan. I wanted to do that, but you know, I just I like the Oilers. I like McDavid too much. So I I was pumping up McDavid on Twitter, and so I'm going to use the platform to uh, reel that back a little bit and shame Morgan Riley. So to to continue that, and I'm not saying you have to break down the entirety of the respect you may or may not have lost for Morgan Riley. Sounds like you hate Morgan Riley, but <laughs> I, where is the line between best player in the game does something great in ridiculing the, the defender? That is, that is a great question. That's a tough, it's a tough line because, because I know what, what everything I just said about uh, Morgan Riley committing to a crossover in the middle of the slot for absolutely no reason. Cause he's not going to backhand it from there is silly all the Oilers fans are going to say, "Well, McDavid is the one who forced him to cross over, and that's a good play." So it's you're right; it's tough. Did was it was it Connor's genius that got that play open? I, maybe, maybe, maybe it was. Uh, I, don't I know just think like Morgan that, Riley but, is Morgan Riley is a big enough name for this to seem like he did it to a world class. Right, and as I saw people saying that on Twitter, but I just think like if he did this against. Well, and that's the thing. I don't know. I mean, he probably would. He is freakishly fast. But and if he does this against Hedman, Yossi, Klingberg, even Oliver ekman Larson, like those are guys. And I know Morgan Riley is better offensively than just about all those guys. Even Miro Haskinen. Shit, Kale McCarr. Mm-hmm. Like if he does this against against great defenders, I think it's much more impressive. But I, I mean. Every single year we talk about how Morgan Riley doesn't play defense well. He's a very good offensive defenseman, pretty good offensive defenseman. And, you know, we're we're hyping up Connor, which we should, while burying the uh, Morgan Riley. And I just I don't know how I mean, I know that's sports and that's how it works. But I just don't think like what is he supposed to do? Uh, You know, if, if Connor's that good, what is Morgan Riley supposed to do? Yeah, I saw some people were like, somebody responded, I was like, they're supposed to hit him. Like, you're not going to hit Connor and Dave. <laughs> I saw that. I saw. That's like, well, when Con- like when Connor and Goudreau and, and those guys were coming into the league, it's like, oh, a guy like that will, you know, will never last. He, he'll get blown up every time. You can't hit what you can't catch. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck trying to hit that. I, I laughed at that, but just hit him. Like, like people haven't been trying to hit Connor McDavid the last five years. Like, oh, <laughs> What a great strategy. We'll try that. Yeah, that was funny. I don't know. That, what guy, that guy definitely yells shoot from the stands yeah. every hockey game he goes to. Just shoot it! <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I don't know. The Force him to the outside is the best thing you can try to do. Obviously, that's one-on-one. But I, it's tough to do against Connor. I don't know. Also, let's just try not to give the puck away at the blue line and let Connor McDavid one on one with your very defender. good point. Like, yeah, don't turn. Also, up. probably a good idea. Yeah. Did that? So we'll, we'll wrap that. We'll wrap the that up with with this. Uh, Edmonton versus Toronto. Edmonton comes away the winner in Edmonton. Does that tell you anything about either team? Uh, I liked that. I because I, they beat Boston and Toronto back to back right after you made me admit about the Oilers' downfall. So. 
Um, I'm glad you brought it up because I did want to get my piece in that. Yeah, maybe maybe the Oilers aren't dead, and maybe this is just me being an idiot again, and they're gonna they're gonna fail me. But I don't know, man. I liked beating Boston and Toronto back to back, or I, it, other order, Toronto and the no, no, it was Boston and Toronto back to back. I liked that. I felt good. Does it say anything? No, like we talked about, maybe they maybe they got too much ice time and they're just going to be tired and lose the next four games. I don't know. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, Toronto's the better team. They just got blitzed by, I don't know if it was speed or whatever it was. It, it wasn't great. Uh, Edmonton, you know, they're back in a playoff spot. And just, I'm not sold. But that does, it ties into two things. One, We'll talk about this quick uh, because it does have something to do with the final segment, quote unquote, that I want to do. Uh, Logan Couture injured for San Jose. As I'm saying this, I forget how long he's out, but that's probably long term. They came out today and said long term, long term. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not just like bad news. That's nail in the coffin. Yeah, that's like tank time news. Tank time news. Not a bad segment idea. Uh, so yeah, I mean that that sucks for Logan Couture. You made you or you didn't make a joke about Logan Couture's injury. Obviously not. No, um, I would never. But you did reference the fact that last time their captain got hurt, they turned it on, and that was over five minutes. So we'll see what they can do for the rest of the year. But <laughs> it's it's bad news for the Sharks, uh, and we are we're gonna have a few uh, memorial services to end this episode. So we're past the midway point. There's a lot of teams in the mix, but there's plenty of teams out of the mix. So every time we get the feeling here at Puck Puck Pass that teams are dead and there's just nothing, whether it could be time to tank or it could just be time to, you know, kiss the playoff dream goodbye. Uh, there are some obvious ones, L.A., Anaheim, Detroit, Ottawa, New Jersey. Let's just, before you go to bed tonight, say a prayer. Wish them good luck <laughs> in the draft lottery uh, that – New Jersey will probably win. Uh, they're they're gone. There's there's two more that we're gonna we're gonna bury and, and say our goodbyes to today on Puck Puck Pass as we close it out here. Uh, the first one I just mentioned, San Jose. Uh, here lies a team that should have had an incredible season, but bad goaltending finally caught up to them. Is there anything you'd like to say on the Sharks' behalf? Um, nothing. I mean. We just touched on the Couture injury to add on to all that. They lost their coach. Uh, they're dead in the water. And it's, God. it's, is it sad to see in a sense? Yeah. We thought they were going to be a good team, but also maybe they made it a little further than they should have last year. So, oh, I mean, they definitely did, but <laughs> topic, topic for another day. They definitely did. <laughs> Uh, in the second one, the final one for today, uh, Lee Hockey Club de Montreal, the Montreal Canadiens, uh, just, just bad, so bad. They, they almost had me convinced that I was going to have to take back some of what I said about them throughout the season. Uh, but Carey Price, no matter what, I, I mean, we have these weeks where Shea Weber is, you know. The reason that they're good and that Montreal clearly won the trade and Shea Weber's back. And then the next week, Carey Price has no help. So I'm not I'm not really sure what we're supposed to think of Montreal other than we're, we're here to bury them. 
Yep, I ignore their fans on any regard at this point. Um, they don't know what they're talking about. And, of course, they went and signed Ilya Kovachuk, which we touched on, and I just – they're out of sight, out of mind. Man, I someone tweeted out their last, like, seven drafts, and they only have – I think they're only still, like, in possession of two of those players. God. Kakaniemi. And one of their other more recent ones, but like, and none of them were good players either. It's not like it's not like they missed on a prospect, and you know Elias Pedersen is in Vancouver now. Like they just suck at draft. <laughs> but the, the, and they bring in guys that, and I, I did I did this over the summer. Like they bring in guys, and their fan base will swear up and down. That this is the guy they need. This is the goal scorer. This is the, you know, the two-way player that they need. And it's just never there. And, you know, I can't stand the Flyers. I'm not obviously a big Sharks or Oilers fans. But watching a team fail like Montreal is just so sweet to me. And if if if, if I'm salty for that reason, then I'll take that from our neighbors from the north. But the, I, watching that team crumble the way they had the last week, Two seven and one over the last ten, it's been it's been so sweet. It is so sweet, and I I do want to bring up on the other side of the spectrum, um, Taylor Hall and the Arizona Coyotes four game win streak. And I know they're in the weakest division, but starting to come around maybe. And they got the, they got the Lightning next, like you mentioned. They are the weakest division. That's so weird. But I mean, there it, it, there's comp, there's more competition in that division, I guess, with Arizona, Vegas, Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver being separated by four points. Yeah, wow. And you throw Win- Winnipeg in there from the Central to just kind of shake things up. But yeah, I mean, we're gonna. I feel like in the next few weeks we're gonna have a lot more funeral services. I'm looking at a couple teams that are pretty close. Yeah, and I know there's always chance for. We're going to have to do an episode on a full moon just in case one of these teams we bury comes back. <laughs> just so I can blame it on that. And I can I can do a whole theme. I'm already planning it. I'll wear a, a suit and everything. But Yeah, and also, yeah. Uh, everyone, keep your eyes on the NHL tab on bellyupsports.com because with the All-Star break comes KJ and I's state of the NHL address every year. So we have got that on the horizon. And maybe some memorial services in there. But... Uh, yeah, like you said, we're in the second half of the season now, so it's getting harder and harder for teams to climb up into playoff spots. Man, can we do the state of professional hockey in North America? Because say the NHL sucks. <laughs> I just I the NHL just they're I don't know. That hit on Donskoy the other day is getting no supplemental discipline, by the way. If you haven't seen it, I'll I'll tweet it out from the Puck Puck Pass account. Nice. It, just makes makes no sense. I haven't seen it. But yeah, keep keep an eye on that. We'll definitely be tweeting it out from our personal and the Puck Puck Pass Pod Twitter accounts. Uh, we're gonna try to condense these episodes, give you as much content. Zach, would you like to tell everyone your news about your uh, the podcast you're cheating on me with? Oh, I did. That's big news. Uh, I mean, I'll give it a little bit of cloud. I did. I'm uh, with Mike Brown on what's up, belly up. It'll be. It's a shorter episode. It's not hockey. We don't talk hockey on there. So if you like hockey, don't listen to it. If you like other sports, listen to it. It's fun. It's a fun podcast, but it is not as fun as this one. 
Is that the one where they interview people from Belly Up that I haven't been invited on? Yeah, that's what it was last year. I think they're switching it up this year. Oh. oh, okay. So it was just it was just interviewing people from the company for the last year, the company that I'm an executive of and didn't get invited on. Oh, oh yeah. Ooh. Big news. Uh, so let's end it. All right, I'll end it right here. Austin Matthews is a point-per-game player for his career as of last night. Officially a lifelong superstar. For Maria, for at Belly of Zach Mack. I'm at Belly of KJ. This was at Puck Puck Pass Pod, not a Maple Leafs podcast, even though sometimes it sounds like it is. We will see you later this week. We saw no light. We saw no signal. Be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at Gearholtz underscore K, at Belly Up Zach Mack, and at Puck Puck Pass Pod. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.